What is up, everybody? Welcome into the Overreaction Podcast, brought to you by the Market Dominator on the Buffalo Fanatics Podcast Network. I am your host, the voice of the Overreaction Podcast. As always, Joe Miller. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Miller Wired. And the Overreaction Podcast, as I said, is brought to you by the Market Dominator. Who is the Market Dominator? Well, the Market Dominator is my very good friend, John Spaschek. John Spaschek works for Keller Williams, who, by the way, if you did not know this, Keller Williams is actually the largest real estate company in the world. I didn't know that. In the world. John opens doors through exceptional client care and education. And let's be honest, selling your home is a life transition moment, and John is an expert in those moments. He does a very good job of getting getting your, your, your current home sold, helping you find the new home, and getting that transition taken care of. So, you know, basically walking you through that process. So do me a favor. If you're in the market to buy a house, if you're in the market to sell a house, give my buddy John a call. You can reach him on his cell phone, 716-570-3298. That number again, 716-570-3298. Or you can email him at youreliteBroker at gmail.com. Once again, tell him that Joe Miller, the voice, sent you. Well, how are you guys feeling? How are you guys feeling, Bills Mafia? What a ride, right? I mean, I, I guess I guess that's why we love football. <laughs> Is that what you would say? The Buffalo Bills are three and zero, and I, so, and it's funny to me because like I don't know necessarily how to how to I don't know how to execute this this podcast because half of you are going to want me to dwell on the the win narrative and all the good things that happened in that football game, and you're going to be mad at me if I talk about the negative stuff. The other half of you are going to want me to dwell on the negative narrative, and you're going to be upset with me if I dwell on the positives. So I'm kind of stuck in the middle. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to do the best I can. I'm going to, I mean, I don't think you can ask much more of me, but I'm going to do the best I can to, how do I want to say this? Communicate to you what I feel and my guess is and my imagination is and my feeling is, is that you guys feel the same way that I do. Is that fair? I think that, I think that's fair. I think if you think about it for a moment, that's fair. And you know what? If I'm if I if I'm doing something that, that you don't like, feel free to turn me off. Thank you, thank you for listening in. I appreciate the the couple minutes that you've given me. Uh, if you're not happy this week, come back next week. I'm sure you will be uh, with me as far as just my delivery as it pertains to what I saw, what my eyes saw, and what my heart felt, and what the the the, the pain the pains that I went through. That if I had to guess, 99% of you were probably in the same boat as me. I'm not sure I know many people. I know one person right now who was overly confident that the Bills were going to win that football game. Jay Spence the King. <laughs> he was the, dude, the Bills, the, the Buffalo Fanatics chat was blowing up. And, and so let me re, let me correct that. There was two people. Jay Spence the King was uber positive that the Bills were going to hold on and win that football game. And so was Kevin the Dolphins fan, who's a part of the Bills Fanatics family. The only two people, the only two people I know that were, were coming. The rest of us were like, we're preparing the nooses. We're putting the bullet in the last chamber of the gun. Like, it's like, that's it. Like, I can't take any more of this. Like, it's over. Like, I'm going to hang myself. So stick with me. Show me some grace. My guess is, is you, like I said, are going to resonate with at least some, if not every single bit of what I have to say. And there's going to come a time when I'm probably just going to be rambling. And if I'm rambling, just stick with me. Get, like I said, show me a little bit of grace this week. 
But the Buffalo Bills are 3-0. and And that is tremendous. And at the end of the day, when we look back, when Wednesday settles in, when Thursday settles in, and we're looking forward to the Raiders game in Las Vegas, which I'm still upset that I don't get to go to. Had to cancel all of my plans. We were going to stay at the Bellagio. My wife and I, that is. Um, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday comes around. We're not going to be thinking about, you know, obviously how this game went down. But I need to talk about the right now. As I, as I've, so if you're, if you're new to this program, first of all, let me start by saying welcome to the show. Welcome, welcome as one of uh, the listeners to my show, whether you're Bills Mafia or not, my guess is chances are you are Bills Mafia. Maybe you're a new fan. Welcome to the bandwagon. And it's okay. Jump on. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. You've heard it before. But I try to, in this show, encapsulate and jump on the emotions that we feel right now, or at the very least, right after the game. That's why the show is called the Overreaction Podcast. So I'm going to do the best I can to translate to you and hopefully hit it like right on the mark how we're all feeling. Is that okay? So frankly, right now for me, well, how do you feel, Joe? Well, I'll tell you. <laughs> Maybe. Frankly, I don't, I, don't, I don't exactly know how to feel. I said it. Like, I don't know how to feel about this football game. I'm, I'm legitimately raw, and I feel confused. Like, my emotions are raw about this football game. I spent the next 45 minutes after the game ended, hour after the game ended, just kind of in a blank stare at the television. I'd pick up my phone once in a while, and I'd look at Twitter. But for the most part, I'm just raw and confused. Like, that's my emotions. I'm riddled with questions about this football team. I This team that, like, we have such high hopes for. If you remember correctly, in the first half of that football game, we're, we're like, doing Super Bowl dances in the streets of our, of our neighborhoods. If you were on Twitter at all and saw it, real AF is what everybody was saying. Like, this football team is for real this football team and they may still be I'm not saying they're not they didn't lose they won this football game but we, we were all asking ourselves and asking each other is this team is this for real like am I blind right now and like the, the announcers the, the halftime announcers broadcasters whatever they are on Fox were befuddled befuddled I think one of my favorite things about this game was the fact that the Fox broadcasters for the first half were going on and on. They couldn't laud the players of the Rams enough. And then by the time that it got to be 21 to 3 going into going into halftime, they were beginning to call out the Rams players. Where's Tyler Higby? And where's this player? And where's that player? And why can't anybody execute anything? It was magical. But I don't I don't understand why this team can't just win. Why can't they just win? convincingly what is going on that they have to leave the back door open great teams we we want to call we we settled it a couple weeks ago and i am still there with it when i tell you that this is a very good football team it's a very good football team what was yet to be determined was are they a great football team well, Joe, great football teams beat other good football teams. And it's true. And the Bills beat a good football team today. 
But great teams don't give up 25 point, or I should say, don't give up a 25 point lead halfway through the third quarter after they just scored a touchdown. At the eight minute mark of the third quarter, the Bills put put up their their what is it their fourth touchdown to go up 28 to three. Great teams don't give that lead up. You're talking about a game where when that happens in football games, the starting quarterback comes out of the game. And usually the opposing team's starting quarterback comes out of the game. And it's a really good thing that that game did not have an extra two minutes left in it because I'm not sure the Bills could have held off the Rams one more time. And don't for one minute tell me you like you knew they would. That you somehow trusted our defense. Because our defense was very much the problem in that football game. They smothered him in the first half. Smothered him in the first half. And in the second half, the game plan changed. We're talking about a football game where Josh Allen and the offense, they were scoring at will. Josh looked just as control of this football game as he did in last week's football game, throwing the ball wherever he wanted to, throwing it to open players. That throw that he made to Beasley along the sideline was a brilliant, that was the same pass he threw to John Brown last year in Miami. The pass that everybody, it was just going in the the opposite direction. The pass that everybody talked about being like an all-world pass that like very few quarterbacks in the NFL could even make. Josh did it again. But once again, here we sit. After a win talk, or a loss, talking about the tale, the tale of two halves. And you know what the tragic part about it is? And I'm going to do the best I can to, 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 to not do this, but the tragic part about it is all of this week, two things. Number one, the national media is probably going to find some way to make this Josh Allen's fault, right? So Josh Allen accounts for five touchdowns today, has another 300-yard passing day, and we'll get into stats here in a minute, has another 300-yard passing day, was scoring at will through the first two-and-a-half quarters. Then the defense basically just lets up completely. It was almost like they left the building. And the national media is going to talk to you and tell you how that this was Josh Allen's fault. Like somehow, somehow Josh Allen is to blame for this. Because he had, you know, he threw a bad interception, which amounted to a punt, and it was not an interception to begin with, nor was it a push-off penalty. And because he fumbled the football on a play where his neck got grabbed and he got thrown around a little bit, and he basically let go of the ball because he wanted the penalty and didn't get it. Guess what, Josh? You're not Tom Brady yet. You're not going to get those calls. You know it. You get smashed in the head every freaking week twice, and like the players that hit you don't even get fined for it, which is a conversation for another day. But probably the most tragic thing about this football game, this win, well, Joe, can there be tragic things in a win? Well, yeah, because think about this. The, the most tragic thing about this game is we're not going to get to talk about the first half. The conversations that have to do with this football game that we won are going to be about what happened in the third quarter and then Josh's final drive and a quote-unquote bad penalty because the refs gave the game, which the refs were horrible. The refs were horrible. All game, and they were very one-sided up until that penalty at the very end of the game uh, on ga- the one that was committed against Gabriel Davis, and they called it pass interference, but you know what? It doesn't matter. It was absolutely illegal contact, which is still five yards and still a first down. But all anybody's going to talk about this week, and maybe forever about this football game, is the second half collapse by the defense 
and Josh Allen's drive. Now, the Josh Allen drive part is great, but think about this. That first half was magical. It was magnificent. Gabriel Davis was having himself a day. The defense was playing outstanding. Josh Allen was playing like an MVP quarterback, and he was magnificent. He was amazingly efficient. He didn't have a ton of yards because he didn't need to. Devin Singletary was having a great day. In the absence of Dawson Knox, Lee Smith catches a touchdown, and so does Tyler Croft. It's tragic that we're not going to get to talk about that foot, the, the first half of that football game. Because once again, once again, in the third quarter, the defense left, left the back door open. And they snuck in the back door and took over the game. And they were winning. And Josh Allen, Mr. 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 Captain Clutch, Mr. Comeback, who now has his seventh, seventh come from behind victory in the fourth quarter, had to put the team on his back. And I guess if you're talking about a, a, an MVP and a quarterback, or if you're talking about like the quarterback of the future, or you're talking about the franchise, or whatever you, whatever you want to say, it, your belief in Josh Allen at this point should be through the roof. Not to mention, we talked last week about this this team trusting him. And they do. He had another fourth down pass. They're just they're letting they're letting Josh Allen go out there and just like it's it's amazing. And I know I know what's gonna happen. I know I know what's gonna happen. Later this week, we're gonna hear about, you know, the, the Bills didn't take their foot off the gas and they didn't change their game plan and they didn't lack an aggression and everything was fine. The Rams just started to, you know, execute a little bit better than the Bills did, but everything is fine. I'm I'm over it. I'm done buying it. That defense started playing different. If you were paying attention, that defense went to smothering them shutting down the the screen pass, which they didn't have a lot of success with the screen, which they're a big screen team, which, by the way, if you've never seen a team effectively use the play action, and if you've ever ever wondered why teams are supposed to do play action, example A, the Rams, they, they do it to perfection. Even if the run isn't working, they run the ball to set the play action up, to set the pass up, to set the receivers open downfield, and it works like crazy. It's such a basic offense that's a thing of beauty the way that they the way that they execute. But you're fooling yourself if you don't think for one second that the when the Bills went up 28 to 3, that the defense started changing the way that they were playing. They began playing very, very off coverage. They were playing very off, soft. I get it. Bend but don't break. Keep everything in front of you coverage against a quarterback that rarely, if ever, goes goes over the top in Jared Goff. He doesn't go over the top. He doesn't throw deep passes. What does that amount to? That amounts to Robert Woods riding, running wide open 20 yards across the field and, and getting 33-yard completions multiple times over and over again to the point where it puts your defense on its heels and can't get its footing and can't get back into the game because the momentum for the football game is completely shifted. 
So the game plan, or I should say at least the plays that they were calling or the way they were playing that offense against the offense changed. It absolutely changed. Josh Allen even said in his presser that he needs to be a better leader, and he's probably right. He's probably earned himself the position and the ability and the influence because, after all, we haven't talked about leadership on this program a lot lately. Leadership is influence. Josh Allen has probably earned himself the right that he no longer, if he wanted to get in the face of the def- of the defense, would be told, hey, young buck, go back over there to your side of the, of the bench and talk to your people. Because that defense trusts him too. So my guess is if he got in their faces and was like, look, let's go, it probably would put them on notice. And I, I appreciate the fact that even he recognized that. I thought that was great. But make no mistake, the the defense play, changing the way that they played, the defense changing uh, the way that they were trying to execute, and the, and if you want to call it a prevent, call it a prevent. It wasn't exactly a prevent defense, but it kind of was. The pressure, that pressure that the defense, I should say, the, the, what the defense was doing and allowing the Rams' offense to do in a very high throttle, high paced, very efficient offense, the ability to to get into the game the way they did. Make no mistake, that pressure put pressure on the offense. And they almost folded. And they did until the last drive. We saw the return of very erratic and very reckless Josh Allen in the fourth quarter until the last drive, and even a little bit in the last drive. You could see that he was not seeing seeing the field as well. The, the, the offensive line, the Bills' offensive line was getting crushed and collapsed by the, by the Rams' defensive line. So much so that Josh was no longer confident or comfortable in the pocket. And the weirdest part about it is he was afraid to dart out to his right and his left. Did you notice or pick up on the fact that like every time that like he was he was immediately feeling pressure, whether it was there or not, and he was doing he was doing little like twirls and running backwards. Very not Josh Allen. It was weird. But make no mistake, the collapse of the defense, and I'm gonna use the word collapse put a lot of pressure on that offense. And Sean McDermott said it on Wednesday that the kid's got ice in his veins. Somehow he shook it off. Somehow he shook it off, and when it mattered, he executed. But you want to talk about, like, T-shirts and the Buffalo versus everybody T-shirt? Yep. Bad calls, bad execution, bad turnovers. Everything was everything everything was going against them at that point in time. Everything. But as we've said already this year after the Jets game, thank God. Thank God. They don't ask you to answer for how you won football games at the end of the season. They just look at the W. Where's the hash mark? Where's the check? Oh, you got a W? You've got 10 wins, you've got 12 wins. Awesome. Come on in. The playoffs are your playground. They don't go, well, I know you've got 10 wins and that team over there has got eight wins. And, you know, but let's be honest, you know, two of those wins, you know, hmm, right. I mean, let's talk about it. <laughs> they don't do that. Thank God they don't do that. So rest assured, Bill's Mafia, we can put this one in the rearview mirror as a W because that's all that matters. But this was a football game that absolutely went from glamorous to grotesque really fast. 
And then it went to glorious after that when Josh Allen put it on his back. Little alliteration there for you. Glamorous to grotesque to glorious. But from this point on, as as an overreactor and you as a listener as an overreactor, let's make no mistake. Somebody has to be held accountable for what's happening with this defense when the Bills have a lead. It's, It's no longer just something that happens once in a while. It's a continuation from last year. And the Bills, with a very much more prolific offense, one that at this point I think is averaging 31 or 32 points a game, that defense has to come correct. And somebody's got to hold it accountable. They can't be letting teams back into their into the football games in the third quarter. It's got to stop. Somebody's got to, somebody's got to stop it. Somebody's got to step up and make a stand. And uh, whether it's a team players-only meeting or Josh has a conversation or whatever it means, or that they begin to adjust better. I don't. I don't. Or maybe it turns into a situation where it's like I don't. I don't have the answers. I'm not a coach. But the reality is, is somebody's got to be held accountable, and somebody's got to take responsibility for what this defense is doing in the third quarter. Because I think we've seen enough, and it's just a matter of time before they're going to face a team that they can't overcome. It's just it, they just got to do it. So let's do this. Um, let's take a quick break. That's the end of my opening monologue. Uh, let's pay some bills. You are listening to the Overreaction Podcast brought to you by the Market Dominator on the Buffalo Fanatics Podcast Network. I am your host, Joe Miller. Like I always say, you can find me on Twitter at Joe Miller Wired. Be back in about a minute. What's going on, everybody? This is Joe Miller, the voice of the Overreaction Podcast, and I want to take just a few seconds to talk to you about the Blend Buffalo. Whether you are a self-proclaimed fitness nut or simply love the nutrition a protein bar provides your body in a daily grab-it-and-go snack, I have to tell you that the Blend Bar is exactly what your body's craving. Made in-house by Grema Tea with only four all-natural ingredients, these bars are chocked full of goodness. They don't have the excess chemicals and preservatives of a traditional store-bought bar, and believe me when I tell you, these bars are an absolute crowd favorite. Oh, and do you want over the top? Check this out. Other than the chocolate chips, the blend bar is gluten-free and completely vegan. Pretty sweet, huh? So before you reach for that candy bar full of sugar and preservatives, give your body what it really wants, a blend bar from the Blend Buffalo. Go to theblendbuffalo.com right now. Put in the promo code GOBILLS into your cart and receive 20% off of any order you place, courtesy of the Overreaction Podcast. Welcome back. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. And I'm just going to tell you something. I love that music. I think, you know, music, so many things are like, so many things are a staple or a hallmark or like a total, like, like when you hear it, you recognize it. I hope that at this point in time, when you hear that music, it's like, oh, that's the overreaction podcast music. Like, I love that, that intro. Um, I probably need to give credit where credit is due. I believe it's Skrillex. Um, it might be Deadmau5 or Deadmau5, um, but it, however you want to pronounce that. But I, I'm pretty sure it's Skrillex. Um, I can't remember where I got it from, uh, but I love it. It's like it's like legit. So if you're into uh, that type of stuff and if you're into uh, uh, dubstep and whatnot, uh, that's a pretty dope song. The, Skrillex has a lot of great stuff. But anyways, I digress. Let's take a quick moment and let's uh, let's look at the stats from this football game. So uh, before we move on, so real quick. Jared Goff in this football game had he was uh, 20, 23 of thirty two for three hundred and twenty one yards a touchdown and an interception. 
Daryl Henderson, who I picked up uh, <laughs> off the waiver wire for my fantasy team and left him on the bench, uh, was 20 carries for 114 yards, 5.7 yard average, which is crazy, crazy. Get a touchdown. Robert Woods was three for 30. Malcolm Brown was seven for 19. And then Jared Goff was uh, two for four. Cooper Cup receiving led the way, nine receptions for 107 yards and a touchdown. Robert Woods was five for 74. Man, Robert Woods coming back to Buffalo and just putting the stank on us. Five for 74, uh, one touchdown. Josh Reynolds, who's that kid? F uh, four of 60. Tyler Higby, two of 40. Thank God we ch held him in check. My guess is, is they were keeping him in to, to help block, uh, but that remains to be seen. I'll have to watch the game a couple times. Uh, and then Gerald Everett, two for 34. And the last one, Daryl Henderson had one catch for six yards. Now the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Josh Allen had a day, had himself a day. Three weeks in a row, he is over 300 yards. Josh was 24 of 33. And because we're all worried about it, that is 74 completion, 74% uh, completion percentage. Uh, let's be honest, we're all going to worry about it until we are not worrying about it anymore. So 74% <clears throat> was Josh, four touchdowns with an interception. Uh, rushing, he, oh, Josh also had a rushing touchdown. Rushing, uh, Devin Singletary was 13 to 71 for a 5.5 yard average. That's pretty good. It was great to see Devin get back in the football game. TJ Yeldon actually played like they put him in there for a spell, and he did really, really good. I've I've actually been a critic of T, critic of TJ. Have not really wanted him to. I didn't want him to make the football team, but he was uh, three for 18, six yard average. Josh was four of eight with the touchdown. As I said, Isaiah McKenzie one for four. Receiving Cole Beasley. Six receptions for 100 yards. Uh, Gabriel Davis, four for 81 yards, averaging 20 yards per catch. Devin Singletary, uh, four of 50. Devin had a, Devin had himself a day today. Stephon Diggs, four for 49 with a touchdown. And I think the best part about Devin's day, and somebody pointed this out to me on Twitter, was after uh, Croft made that touchdown or caught that game-winning touchdown, Devin was right, or uh, Stephon Diggs was right there with him. And Stefan didn't show any sign of like emotion of like being upset that the ball didn't come to him because he was kind of open as well. He was just elated that Croft caught it and the Bills were going to go on to win, which was really cool. Kevin Tyler, four for 24. Isaiah McKenzie, one for six. And uh, Lee Smith was one for one with a touchdown. So those were your stats. And someday they will be brought to you by somebody. But right now they're just brought to you by me. So you're welcome. So this is what I want to do next. If you will let me, I don't want to ignore the first half. So there's a whole bunch of you that were probably mad at me during the first half of this show. And you were like, all he's going to do is talk about bad stuff and be negative, just like those other guys. Well, I'm not going to be, just so you know. I want to talk about the good stuff, but it's going to be kind of weird. It's going to be a little bit of a rambling affair, if you will, <laughs> the way that I'm going to do it. Um, because I'm, I'm just going to read through my notes. Like, I'm going to read through my notes. and I'm going to kind of talk about my notes as I wrote them, kind of remembering what was happening in that football game. Um, and I think it might be kind of fun because I, I want to reflect. I want to look back on the good stuff because there was a lot of great things that happened in that first half of that football game, even into the third quarter, halfway through after the Bills scored that last, that 20, that, that touchdown to get them to 28 points. Right. I mean, I, I think you would agree. Um, inter interestingly enough. So I'm, I'm, I'm the tale of like many predictions uh, on the Humpty Hotline uh, last week on Wednesday with my man Jay Spencer King uh, live on YouTube Wednesday nights at nine o'clock, which you are welcome. If you listen to the show and love the show, jump on YouTube nine o'clock, uh, type in the Google search or in the YouTube search Buffalo Fanatics, it'll pop up. Jay Spence and I actually have a live show called the Humpty Hotline and you can be a part of the conversation. You can actually tweet us or uh, comment to us and ask us questions and it's, it's a lot of fun. But on that show, my score prediction. My original one was like 
And as I got thinking about this football game and I got thinking about just what I expected, even with uh, me expecting the Bills defense to kind of come up, come to life, and they did in the first half quite a bit, um, I changed my prediction on Saturday in my preview show. Um, and I think I went to like 31-28, and then I said I think it might even get as high as 35-32. Nailed it! <laughs> I guess if everybody gets three attempts at guessing the score, predicting the score. So from now on, on Twitter, whenever you see somebody say, hey, give me a score prediction for the Bills game, give them three give them three different like predictions, because that you have a much greater chance of getting it right that way. Um, right. I don't think that's, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. So, so I'm going to read my notes and then after I read my notes, I'm going to read your tweets, uh, which I love. I love getting your guys's tweets. Like it's, it's literally one of the highlights of my week. I love seeing how Bill's mafia feels because generally you guys feel exactly the same way that I do. Uh, there's an outlier here or there, but I just love the rawness and the, uh, just the emotions. So, uh, so what I do for all these football games, and this is what most content creators do, is we take notes, right? And I think different people's minds work different ways. And some people take more thorough notes. Is that the, the right way to say that? Some people's notes are incredibly thorough. Others, Other people's notes, probably like mine, are a little more just uh, vague statements. And then I'll build around them when I'm going to talk about, talk about them in the show. So the first thing I have, and this was after... Um, this was after a pass that uh, I think it was the touchdown pass that uh, Jalen Ramsey was supposed to cover. Uh, was, was it Lee Smith? I think he had Lee Smith. And basically my first note is Josh Allen is trash moving people with his eyes. So the cool thing about that was like literally if you're not paying attention so the narratives like Josh Allen is dispelling so many narratives. And what's funny is like the one narrative that he's never had to dispel. And the one thing that people have always ignored is the fact that Josh Allen is clutch like he this was his seventh seventh come from behind victory in the fourth quarter that's a big deal for those of you that may not understand how big it, that is a that is a freaking huge deal now i'd love to know the difference and i'm sure there's some smart people out there that can tell me uh how many of those games the bills were winning and then they had to, then they let the opponent back in and then josh allen had to come back in the fourth quarter and beat them anyway so josh allen actually had to beat the team twice because it's been several <laughs> But Josh Allen is clutch. And Josh Allen is beginning to do things that a lot of people said that he couldn't do, whether it was be accurate or uh, command a huddle or uh, be uh, an effective passer or go through his reads or move like defenders or hold defenders with his eyes. And that's literally what he did. Josh Allen, there was a reckoning today for Jalen Ramsey against Josh Allen. So I'm not saying that Josh Allen was hyped up necessarily and was excited to, uh, you know, play Jalen and wanted to prove a point. I think Josh Allen is probably at the point now where he's like, you know what, that stuff doesn't really bother me anymore. That was a couple years ago. It is what it is. But the at the end of the day, you know, I didn't get to hear Jalen Ramsey's post game comments, but Josh Allen lit him up today, and Josh Allen lit them up today, and Josh Allen was, even when it got messy, Josh Allen was still outside of Aaron Donald the best football player on the on the field today. Hands down, Josh Allen was the best football player on the field outside of Aaron Donald. It was him and Aaron Donald. And Aaron was, I don't want to say he was shut down, but he struggled a little bit. And then obviously they began to overwhelm the offensive line towards the end. So my first note, Josh Allen moving people with his eyes, or Josh Allen is trash. And then, you know, he, basically that was just more me saying, you know, reflecting back to it. I wanted to talk about that. And I was going to talk about the fact that, you know, he's beginning to move people with his eyes and do stuff. Um, I was overwhelmed with how... Even though they weren't scoring points, 
how amazingly efficient the Rams offense was, even in that first half. Like I was like, holy crap. Like I haven't watched a lot of Rams football, but I was un- it was like unbelievable how and the, and if you've watched any of the pregame shows this week, whether it's the cover one guys or or listen to Bruce Nolan or whoever, like you've heard, like it's not a super complex offense. Like it's there's a lot of simple complex in this simple simple uh, uh, simple uh, concepts in there. Like they asked, you know, from what what they're asking Jared Goff to do. Sorry, my ear itched and I had to move my earphone. So that's what happens when you don't edit your show. Um, but they're amazingly efficient. And you saw that offense open up like crazy in the second half. Like if you gave them space, they were going to take advantage of that space big time. And they did. The Wallace pick. It was nice to see. So my next one was the Wallace pick. It was a bad pass from, from Jared Goff. Um, but it was nice to see Wallace step up, right? So I know that he got challenged by McDermott um, this past week because he kind of got owned a little bit last week. Not a little bit, a lot. And this week it was Teron Johnson that was being picked on. It seemed like every time there was an open player someplace on the field, it was Teron's man. And I'm sure that somebody can dispel that later, like they did the Levi Wallace stuff too. Um, and that's fine. Like I said, I just I'm going off of what my eyes see and what I feel, and basically how we feel today. Uh, but the Wallace pick was great. It was great to see from that. And by and large, it was the only time you really heard his name all day, which was nice. Um, I've said, and I said it, I said it in my preview or my promo last week that like when Josh Allen is the most inaccurate is generally when he's rolling to his left well this game (laughs) he's rolling to his left and he chucks up a 39 yard pass to to gabriel davis like he gets his hips hips turned and throws a beautiful just drops a beautiful pass and then and then gabriel davis does a little bit of uh the 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 sideline what is he was it the the toe the toe swag what is it uh that's right. It's it's uh, toe drag swag. The Nate Burleson toe drag swag. It was beautiful. Like it was a beautiful pass. He was rolling to his left. Every I find myself now, I find myself now getting really anxious every time Josh Allen starts to roll to his left. And I'll listen to me. If you watch that game again, Josh rolled to his left a lot, and I think it's because that's where the 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 Rams were trying to get him to roll to. They were trying to get him to his left because they know that on his right he's super deadly. He is deadly accurate rolling to his right. So they, they got him rolling to his left quite a bit, and that was some of the reason, I think, why he was trying to drop straight back instead of going to the left, uh, just because he knows it too. So that was one of my other notes, which was fun. Uh, Josh Allen making a statement on se- on the second drive. Three runs in a row. It was cool on the second touchdown drive just to see Josh when they were getting close. Like, he took three quarterback keepers. They were designed runs, RPOs or whatnot, and he was like, you know what? This is my moment. I'm the best player on the football field right now. And I'm going to do Josh Allen things. And it was really great to see him kind of take over the game right there. Uh, and not only he was was he beating him with his arm, but he started beating beating him with the, beating them with his legs, which is cool. Uh, and I'm just reading these raw, like fresh. I haven't like, like gone through them and thought about what I wanted to say. So next note, third drive, figured out how to run on the bills. Bent but didn't break. Uh, long time cons- or long time consuming drives that I'm okay with. So there was a point in the game in the in uh, by the third drive for the Rams. Uh, where they began to find some holes in the defense and they found some room for Henderson and he was breaking off large chunks. And my point here that I mo- that I made was that I was okay with it because at this point the Bills were up, I think, 14 points. Uh, I don't think the Rams had scored yet. I, th- I believe this was their field goal drive. And what it, what was going on is they were like consuming the clock, like seven-minute drives, eight-minute drives. And I'm like, well, if the Bills keep rolling the way that they are and they get to 21 and the Rams are going to take eight minutes per drive, go ahead, like – do all that you want to do. Like you can have as much time as you want. You can bleed that. Cl- like if, if I don't have to bleed the clock, if I've got a lead and, and you're going to bleed the clock for me, like that's a great place to be. 
I've already talked about the next note, that throw to Beasley. I've just got throw to Beasley. Wow. That was that that was <laughs> that throw. That throw was a highlight throw and a half. Like, holy crap, that throw was amazing. To, and it, like I said, it, it was the same throw that he threw to, threw to John Brown in Miami last year. It's just a, the field was flipped. I, my next note is this was the game of Gabriel Davis. Dude, was he was he was the the offensive game plan, which was cool. You know, it's interesting to think as well. So as many as many touchdown passes as Josh Allen threw in this game, and as much success as he had throwing on them, he had two other touchdown passes that were called back. He had two to Stephon Diggs uh, before the one to Lee Smith that were called back. Uh, I already said this as well. It was funny to me how the the announcers went from lauding every part of the, this Rams team. Uh, to calling out the players 30 seconds before halftime. And that was where, like, you know, they're like, well, this Henderson kid is great, and Jared Goff is amazing, and Robert Woods is unstoppable, and blah, 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 blah. Every single player and every single person, right down to, the like, the water boy. This is the best water boy in the NFL. Like, and then by the <laughs> 30 seconds and going into halftime, it was 21 to 3. And, like, the announcer's like, man, it'd be nice if Tyler Higby showed up. Where'd he go today? And I don't know what's going on with Cooper Cup, but he's got to make an appearance. And, like, they've just got to be better. They're just not a very good football team. It was just funny to see that flip. The Bills are, like, just doing Billsy things and, like, running up points and being efficient. And, like, the, the storyline just, the script totally flipped on the announcers. Sorry. If none of you caught that or thought that was funny, I thought that was funny. So, uh, loved seeing Lee Smith and the Tyler Croft TDs. And what's funny is I didn't get to talk about the Croft TD at the end. There's catches being made by our offensive players, including that last catch by Tyler Croft, that we have not seen go back to the Diggs catch last week uh, between the two defenders. We're just seeing guys catch balls that traditionally have been dropped. Not only if Josh Allen was the quarterback, but Tyrod Taylor or whoever. Like It's, it's just been a great thing to see. My next note is just the turnover on downs uh, after the first possession, the first ha- uh, first half or second half uh, was huge. Like that was a huge thing that it's never going to we're never going to come back to it. Like we're never going to come back to the fact that like the Rams got the ball for the second half and they ended up having a turnover on downs, which gave the Bills the ball back. And like Goff threw the ball away on fourth on fourth down there, which is something you never do. Just so you know, like if you're if your quarterback, if it's fourth down, you throw the football. And if worst case scenario, best case scenario, I don't know where the best thing that can happen, obviously, is that your guy catches it and you get a first first down. The second best thing that could possibly happen is the other team catches it and they get an interception because you're getting back 20 yards of field possession. You run out of bounds or you, you throw it out of bounds and you're just basically turning the ball over right there. So that was just. It was interesting. It seemed like Goff was a little bit rattled at that point, uh, which was kind of cool. And then the last really cool positive note that I have, uh, I've just got joystick Singletary. That that ball that he caught on the left-hand side, and he stuck his foot in the ground and went com- like completely to his left and like broke the ankles of the defensive back. Maybe it was a linebacker. I haven't, like I said, I haven't rewatched the game. It was magical. And then he gained, I think, 26 yards off of it. What a magical move that was. It was great to see Devin Singletary show up in this football game. Um, and then, obviously, there's not enough that can be said. There's not enough that can be said for Josh Allen and what he did on the final drive of that football game. I was sitting there, dude. I was ready to throw up. I was ready to throw up. It got to the point where I stopped taking notes. Like, I, like literally, by that time, I was taking notes about how bad I wanted to throw up and what I was feeling versus what was happening on the field. Josh Allen gets possession, marches right down the field. That 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 conversion to Beasley for 22 yards, third and 22, 
was unbelievable. How big of a pickup was Colby? What did I see? I saw six for 100 or seven for 100 yards today. There, do you realize that there's people in this fan base that don't like Cole Beasley? <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> I, I, for the life of me, can't figure out why he was never used right in Dallas. He's a sure-handed, amazing route running, like gritty player that wants to win football games. That's a guy, I want four of him on my football team. And then obviously Josh Allen, you know, everything that's going on. In that last set of series, like he hits that, he hits that third and 22. I think it just blew up from there. He gets that first down and like, it's bad. It's bad. Then they get the, it's fourth down. He misses the pass, but they get the penalty. And again, it probably wasn't pass interference. I mean, they called it pass interference because the ball was in the air. Josh was legit throwing an anticipation throw there. So he was, he was totally anticipating what Gabe Davis was going to do. And Gabe Gabriel and Gabriel was going to do it. However, Gabe Gabriel didn't get a chance to because the defender had him all tied up. Even if you don't want to call that pass interference, it's at the very least illegal contact five yards in a first down. So the bills are getting the ball back with a new set of downs there anyways. So if anybody tells you it was a garbage call, it may have been, they just miscalled it is all it was. And then he just, and then he hits Tyler Croft and Tyler Croft, you know, earned every dime that the bills paid him last year and this year with that catch. That was not an easy catch. And I almost think he made it harder than it was. I got <laughs> Josh lofted that ball. And I'm like, oh my God, there's two guys there. Like he was open. Like he's he, like, there's two guys down there. Stefan Diggs was down there and he's open. And then he like jumped up and he almost mistimed it. <laughs> he caught it falling backwards. Oh, elation, right? Alliterations. We talked about, you know, it was, what did I say it was? It was glorious to grotesque. No, glamorous to grotesque to glorious. How about energetic to uh, exasperation to excitement, right? I mean, it's just, I guess that's why we watch the game. I, I guess that's why we love football. Is that is that what it is? That is that why we love football? Is that why we love this football team? I I don't know if that's the reason that I love this football team. You know, this much like you. All of you, I this, this football team is a large part of my identity, and I know that probably sounds sad for a 47-year-old man. But as the bills go, so do my emotions go, so does my pride go, so does you know everything about the way that I feel about my city goes. And right now the bills are 3-0. and And at the end of the day, even with what I said, we're going to put this game to bed at the end of this episode, for me anyway. And with all of the negative stuff that I talked about and all the questions that I asked and all the things that I had wrong in the first half of this episode, the reality is I'm not going to apologize for being 3-0. and And neither should you. Your Buffalo Bills are 3-0 and and are still growing. Have a quarterback that's still growing have a defense that still hasn't completely figured it out, which is a good thing because that means that they can still get better. They look like legit contenders in what looks to be a very bad, at, at the very least, not very bad, but not a great AFC East. You should be proud. You should be proud of your football team. So this is that moment as dad, like, you know, I've spanked the kid, like, and then like you hug him afterwards and you're like, I still love you. 
<laughs> Stop making me crazy. <laughs> but I still love you with all my heart. And Bill's Mafia, I love you too. Let's do this. Let's get into uh, the reading of the tweets, my favorite part of every episode on Monday. So let's let's jump into this. All right, I got a lot for you today. I'm going to do the best I can. <laughs> Big Poppy, my man Big Poppy in Texas, at Lima Bulldog 94 Heart Attack City. Josh wants to win so badly sometimes he goes schoolyard. I love and hate that about him, just like Favre. And I hope he never changes. Capital, like all caps, ever. Uh, I'll take nail biters, but the D needs few needs a few answers. No real answer for the run, and we need a solid second quarterback. I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm in agreement with you, Poppy. Uh, legit, bro. Like <laughs> heart attacks. They're all. I'm not. I'm not kidding you when I tell you that there was almost not a podcast today. Like I laid on the couch after this football game, and, and I was just like, I don't. I don't know. I could get on the microphone and cry. Like I don't know what to. <laughs> I don't know what to, to say <laughs> or think right now. Uh, big time fan and friend of the show, Pamela at Pamadonna. Uh, Alan has obviously improved since last year. We have the weapons around him. They have grown so much and will only get better. But the third quarter momentum loss is a big problem that has continued from last year. What do they need to do to fix this? For me, I think it just comes down to a situation of just maintaining the strategy. They need to make, if they're not making the proper adjustments, they need, they need to make the right adjustments or even stay inside of the game plan that they, sometimes I wonder if not making an adjustment is a better adjustment than making an adjustment. Like, and what I mean by that is like, Hey, we've got a big lead. Let's just make this adjustment and we'll keep everything in front of us as opposed to, it might be better to continue to, to go press man and push on them. And if you give up a big play, who gives a crap versus giving up four touchdown drives? <laughs> like, Right. What's better here? Uh, in agreement with everything you said, Pam, always. Uh, the bus stops here at B-U-S-S-J-K. They're the best offense in the game. Oh, crap. The NFL hates them. Ugh. Now they suck. What the funk? Yes, Josh. I always knew he could do it. Sounds about right. Right. I'm going to read that again because that's literally what it is. They're the best offense in the game. Oh, crap. The NFL hates them. Ugh. Now they suck. What the funk? <laughs> yes, Josh. I always knew he could do it. Sounds about right. And it does. It absolutely sounds about right. Uh, Liam Blue Jays, Bills Mafia, at 905 Sports Fan. I became a Bills fan in 2017. Never watched football every weekend until then. This team has made my life better, but holy, they, they never make it easy. Hashtag Bills Mafia. Right there with you. Scott Pinto, at Scotty underscore Pinto. Shaky, our defense can't just give up. When he, when they, uh, when he, it's funny because he says when he has a big lead, he means Josh Allen. So the defense can't give up when they have a big lead. Lead uh, seems like everyone, everyone goffed through to in the second half was wide open by five yards. I would question that and say it may have been more than five yards. David Thorpe, big time friend and fan of the show at Saxa Dave. I'm too emotionally wrecked to overreact. <laughs> I think that's where I feel raw. I said raw and confused. Like I'm not sure how to feel. I think Dave is in the same spot. I'm too emotionally wrecked to overreact. Roller coaster of emotions. First half, elation. Second half was gut-wrenching. Till Clutch Josh said, not today, L.A. 100% believe we'd, we'd have lost that game last year. You're probably right. Uh, the pass interference call was far less BS than the interception call. No one can say it's only L.A. And that's the big point. Even Nate Burleson came out. Or no, it was uh, Kyle Brandt came out and said, look, if you are who we think you are, then show it to us. Go out and beat the Rams. And they didn't make it easy. Well, they did it first. But then, like I said, they left the back door open, but they did put him away, which is good. Primetime Bills Josh Allen, or primetime Josh Allen at Bills After Dark. Defense needs to tighten up at every level. It's so incredibly true. 
Double D at Denny D8, D-E-N-I, D8. I feel refs disrespect Allen. They do. Uh, BS interception call, and D has free reign on Allen. It's disgusting. I have great concern. Great concern for the amount of headshots that Josh Allen, Josh Allen takes. It's a lot. Uh, Gigi at Emily, Emily's Gigi. So Emily with, it's the E-M-I-L-E-I-G-H-S-G-G-G-I-G-I. Feeling like my heart was about to burst. Mistakes were made. Obviously, never a perfect game, but we need to grow from them. I'm grateful for the win, especially uh, being my birthday. Happy birthday, Gigi. I didn't know that. Only thing I wanted today was a Bills win. Go Bills. Gigi, happy birthday. The Buffalo Bills are 3-0, and and I hope that they won specifically for you. Bills backer Philly, uh, Burbs PA, at BB Maniunk. <laughs> That's a good name. <laughs> I have no idea how I'm feeling. It's funny because there's a ringing theme here, right? I have no idea how I'm feeling. This uh, this is not the same old Bills, but they need to put teams away. Second half Bills, especially the defense, is scary and not in a good way. Are they just being outcoached? I don't think they're being outcoached. I don't think that's what the answer is. I think there's just a change in philosophy. And we've heard a lot of people tell us that there's not, that there hasn't been. There's either a change of philosophy or there's a change in execution. It's one of the two. Regardless, it's got to stop. Uh, Josh Allen fan 02 at Josh Allen fan 01. That's funny. His name is his his, <laughs> his name is Josh Allen fan 02. His handle is at Josh Allen fan 01. Okay, I can't feel my heart right now. That's pretty much it. I can't feel my face when I'm with you. I'm not sure I like it. Right. <laughs> Uh, my man Mohammed, big fan of the Hump Day Hotline at Mohammed seven nine four zero seven three seven seven. Man, the last five minutes was like testing positive, but worse. <laughs> That's funny. Drunk of the Ralph at Drunk of the Ralph. Need blood pressure pills. Stat. He didn't say stat, but he should have. Brock Vandermeer or Brock Vandermeer rather at Brock underscore Vandy. Pay Matt Milano. Edmonds may not be the guy, albeit clearly injured still. Milano is the guy we need to pay. Allen is the fourth quarter fun to watch. Or Allen in the fourth quarter is fun to watch. Run defense is still struggling from last year. They're going to pay Matt Milano. Make no mistake about it. And as much as it's hard to see Edmonds' worth and value, the reality is, is Edmonds is a big piece of what happens in the middle of that football field uh, on defense. So, I, you know, give give Edmonds a little more time. Like, trust me, he's going to win you over. Leah Falson at Leah CF. What is up with the third quarters? Uh, totally in agreement. Matt Henry uh, at Matt Henry 92. I had a visit from Mr. Jim Beam after the game, no matter what happened. <laughs> so win or lose, <laughs> we're doing some bourbon shots. Uh, that's funny. Bailey at Allen to Diggs. I feel really good about the team. Those are the kind of games good teams win. Defense has to be better, though. It's so true. I love it. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. This is funny. Cuomo, uh, did you just tweet at me so you could say this? Cuomo was a semicolon tyrant. At Cuomo is a tyrant. <laughs> this is a, all right. Refs need to be fired. So he clearly watched the football game. So this isn't just a political thing. Like he clearly watched the game. The refs need to be fired. Uh, Justin Morello at Justin Two Picks. Justin T O P I C S. This is our best team in a long time. Let's go, Buffalo. I love the energy. I love the enthusiasm. Henry Booth uh, at Big Nasty 6424. Defense is suspect. Allen is a beast. Surprised my heart survived. Me too, bro. Uh, JP Sigs at JP underscore Siegel, S-I-E-G-E-L. Uh, good, except I hope Smoke, Dion, and Hyde, even though he came back, are all able to get healthy. I think Dion came back too. Uh, and they said Smoke had a calf injury. 
Defense played a great first half, and the Rams made adjustments. But I'm just a fan, so always happy with the dub. So am I. Uh, David Mul- David Mulville, Mulhill, Mulhill, at Mulhill, at under, or underscore David. Driving home on the 219, screaming with every miss, feeling like they were going to lose. Then Josh pulls me back to happy land. I think that's pretty much uh, how we all felt there, brother. Uh, Primetime Mafia. At Bills underscore Mafia, I can't even get out of my chair. I'm sitting here in disbelief about the entire afternoon. (laughs) I responded to this one. I said, this is me, and I have to record a podcast. How am I going to do this? And he said, I have no idea. I'd help you, except it would just be me breathing and saying, how? What? How? (laughs) Over and over. The struggle is real, folks. This dude, this is the stress and pressure of doing a podcast post post game is not easy. I don't have like four days to think about it. Like literally, it's like I got to do it right now, and I'm missing football, which kind of sucks. Lynn Marie, I think this is the first time you tweeted me. Welcome to the show, Lynn Marie uh, at underscore darling underscore Lynn. Now that my heart rate is back to normal, I'm taking a quick nap before watching NASCAR. As a fan, that was exhausting. We can only imagine how the team is feeling. It's a true story. Uh, I love this one, Andrea twenty five at. Orbanato, a at a u b a u r b i n a t o. Drank another shot. <laughs> That's all she put. Uh, Cynthia C D at C D Cynthia C D. And Alan, I trust and never gave up. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, the last one's the best one, by the way. And I'm almost there. Josh Mooney at Mooney Racer forty eight. Confident. Bills are prepared to beat anybody anyway. Defensive battle. Confident. Shootout. Confident. Poorly rough game. Confident. Nothing shakes my confidence. Josh Allen is a gamer. And the team trusts him. It's absolutely true. And this is my favorite. Uh, this is my favorite one. Oh, may, I mean, I got a couple more. Uh, Chipotle Aoli at Buffalo uh, AWL. Chipotle Aoli at Buffalo. Basically, he gave me, he sent me a picture <laughs> of his, whatever the wrist heart rate monitor things are. It says 144 beats per minute. <laughs> That's not the best part. The best part about it in this picture is it says four minutes ago, he was at 62 beats per minute. And you know the dude's just sitting on his couch drinking a beer. So it's not like he just like ran down the street to get the mail or like ran out the door to get the, to meet the pizza guy. Like he's sitting on his couch four minutes ago, his heart rate was 62 and now it's 144. Like legit. That is just freaking awesome. Uh, I think that's pretty much it uh, for what I've got for you for, for tweets, ladies and gentlemen, I can't tell you how much of an honor and a privilege it is to get to talk to you guys every single week. Um, the amount of the, the amount that my listens have basically gained momentum and have increased over the last three months or so is unbelievable. Um, make no mistake. I'm appreciative of you guys for listening. I thank you guys for retweeting. I thank you for talking to me. I thank you for tweeting me back. I thank you for telling your friends, uh, this podcast, this platform, what I'm doing doesn't grow. Unless two things, unless you first, well, three things, unless you listen, you have to listen, but then I need you to tell your friends, right? So I need you to tell your friends about it. And the third thing I need you to do is I need you to, to, to check out my sponsors. So whether it's the market dominator, John Spazcheck, if you are in the real estate market right now, uh, give John a call. Or if you are into fitness and you're into health food, go to the blend Buffalo and, and buy something from Tracy. Tracy is awesome. She's a hometown girl. So is John, John, John's a bills fan. Tracy's a bills fan. Uh, support my sponsors, but I, I appreciate you guys. It's such an honor to be able to do this. I'm so thankful for Buffalo fanatics and the platform they give me Rico, uh, Bobby and Pierre, you know, much love. I appreciate all the help from, from, from tilt money and from judge. Um, it's just, like I said, an honor to be here. It's an honor to be a part of this. It's great to be on this train. 
Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, and the hype train is real. Your Buffalo Bills are 3-0. and When you turn this podcast off and you go to the next one, put a smile on your face, Buffalo. Your Buffalo Bills are 3-0. and